Welcome, everybody, to TRB. We are the Resistance Broadcast, the official podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday, July 14th. We are in the heat of summer, and we are, let me do the math, 48 days away from Andor, debuting with two episodes out of 12 on Disney+. Plus. So, Really, seven weeks away from Andor, uh, it's coming. So we are shifting our gears. As you noticed on Monday, we talked a lot about Andor. Um, that continues today. We're going to have a great discussion later on how we feel Andor might, and if so, how it will impact how we view Rogue One going forward once we, once we check out this series, uh, which obviously will not be um, fully realized until they complete season two and we get that but at least season one may already start that change in how we perceive uh rogue one because as we know this series is going to wedge right up against it but anyway with me as always here i'm john uh lacy and james uh so it's been a while since we've had our traditional thursday episode do you guys uh remember how to do this thing no yeah oh oh no <laughs> one no one yes <laughs> okay that's balance in the force baby <laughs> i'm, I'm just here. always good to talk about star wars i'm excited right. to to get going i'm i say this all the time but it's so true it's like i i'm more pumped for the hype of things than when it's actually happening like i love the lead mm. up to star wars projects so the fact that we're yeah. back in that hype period i'm all for it James, are we getting another Andor trailer, or do you think the one at Celebration's the one, and then that'll be it? No, 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 no. We're getting another Andor trailer. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because wow. I think like okay. you also are going to lean into like how the Mandalorian does all those crazy TV spots and stuff. Like, there's definitely going to be a lot more footage. TV spots, sure. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying you're wow. getting more footage and 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 content going into it. I think, I think there will be something else as well. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, all right, well, let's get after it because we have a pretty heavy show. Uh, a lot of Star Wars to talk about. So thanks to everybody who's joining us today. Um, spread the word and let's uh, have some fun. James, what do we got cooking for our first segment? Our first segment of the day. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Twice, <laughs> twice in one week, John. <laughs> when is twice. that stopping? Yeah. It's John, uh, I don't know if you know or not, but that's a reference to Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> he says it in the it? beginning, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, this week, we got Will of the Force, as Cheery uh, politely introduced us a moment ago. Um, we are going to kick it off with the first question here, which is, um, which of these characters, <laughs> John, is this a Will of the Force question? Will any of these characters, if any, show no, up? No, 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 no. <laughs> which read the question? Which of these characters, if any, will show up in Andor? <laughs> okay, bit of a stretch, uh, <laughs> but the question, the uh, answers, possible answers are Vader, Palpatine, Krennic, Tarkin, or Enfys Nest. Um, John, you have a little bit more time to ponder if that truly is a Will of the Force question. Lacey, you're going first. <laughs> I think we're definitely getting Palpatine, Krennic, and Enfys Nest. Tarkin is an I don't know because of the the special effects that go into it. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got so much of him in Rogue One. I could see us getting more of the other three. 
And then Vader, we just got so much of him in Obi-Wan. I don't know if they'd also throw him into this, because... But he sells tickets. He sells eyeballs, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sticking with Palpatine, Krennic, and Emphis Nest. I would love to see Emphis Nest show up. Yeah. Um, John, what are your thoughts? Which characters? I, I think when it's all said and done after both seasons, we're going to see every one of these characters. Really? I do just because Interesting. 12 episodes two times over. Get 24 and total. A lot, like we, we saw, you know, both Vader and, and Palpatine in a six shot series on Obi-Wan. It makes a ton of sense for Krennic, Tarkin to be involved. Enfys Nest is the wild card. Uh, there's doubts about future of Solo. Everyone loves, seems to really like Enfys Nest. She's still involved with Lucasfilm with Willow, mm-hmm. Aaron Kellyman. So I think roll the dice 24 episodes by the end of this thing all five of these pop up at some point um my my curiosity a little bit and this isn't the question but like i wonder if andor is going to be 24 minute episodes or if they're going to if are they cutting it up like that like we are assuming they're making hour-long episodes or mandalorian size episodes but um that they might be shorter that's why we're getting so many but um, for this question, I'm going to I'm going to go down the same route I think Lacey is, which is the I think Palpatine makes sense. I think Krennic feels kind of like it. It has to be there and it has to have that nod. Um, and then the other big one to me that I think John is right on is the Emphis Nest. Is like that character makes sense at some point in the series, but that's still a little bit of a hopeful. Uh, the ones that I don't think will happen, I mean, it's Vader and Tarkin. They seem like they could totally make sense in this, but I think that they're going to try to stay away from them for the reasons that Lady Lacey said. Um, Tar- lady. Lady. The lady <laughs> of the show. Um, <laughs> My lady. Yeah. Remember the prequels? Yeah. It was all medieval. <laughs> My lady. Please stop. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think you guys had both had really good answers and that's, that's probably the vibe I'm getting it. But, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I think like if they all showed up, like how happy are we going to be? That's, that those like, are all good people to have in the show. But what- Michael Scott ordering the pretzel. Can I have all of it? <laughs> <laughs> the works. You got it. <laughs> the works for a pretzel. Um, all right. Uh, we, we're going to answer one of our patrons questions. Uh, you Ooh, can, if you are a $5 or above a patron of ours, you can submit questions to Will the Force. And our new major, Lindsay Lancaster, uh, sent us this question. She wanted to know. Hey, Lindsay. Yeah. Will we get one massive epic culmination movie that features characters across all platforms, movie shows, animated series, and games in the same vein as MCU's Infinity War and Endgame? Uh, If so, what characters would you want to see involved? Uh, John, you get to go first on this one. What do you think? I don't know that we will get that one big movie that brings in all these different platforms because I'm just trying to think of the timeline of when that would happen. Um, man. I, I would think they would need to make more games in the Mandalorian era or something, and then that could work. Um, I could see them doing some some of these, but all of them, I I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Uh, so I'm I'm leaning towards no. Um, I love the question. So thank you, Lindsay, and welcome. Uh, um, but what character, if they did it, would I want to see involved? Um, 
I mean, why not? Yeah, we talked about it. Why not? You know, I like him. Cameron Monaghan, Cal Kestis. Let's get him involved some way in in a in a in a bigger um, stage, so to speak. Because I, I think pe- people need to see. You know, it's one thing to see someone performing in a video game and doing the full thing, but if you haven't watched uh, him act, he's actually a really, really uh, talented actor, and I think he could bring a lot to Star Wars on the dramatic level and also what he uh, dedicates himself to from the physical standpoint. So. Uh, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for Cal Kestis. I don't know if it's going to be this big one movie thing with all the platforms involved, but um, we'll see. Thank you, though. Uh, Lacey, Star Wars Infinity War. I agree with John. I don't know if we'll ever get every single kind of medium involved, but I do think we're going to get something like it with the whole Mandoverse thing that they've been saying like uh, Kathleen Kennedy had said during the investor day that they're building up to this culmination event. Um, so I think that's going to be what you're mentioning here, Lindsay, which is going to be like Mando, Ahsoka, you know, Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, all these characters that we're meeting, Carson Tava, all these people. Mm-hmm. The question is like, what does that mean? But we also have to remember... <laughs> The crazy thing, like immediately my mind is like racing. It's like, okay, so you have that period of time between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. But if there is this big culmination event, it's never mentioned in the sequel trilogy. So it's kind of crazy that like you build up to this big event, which I want it. Don't get me wrong. I want this event to happen and like this big fight to happen. But there's no reference anywhere else that it happened. So they're starting to get into that trickiness of like, how big of a deal is this event if none of the later characters are mentioning it? Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. To, but I want it, to, to be clear. To me, I feel like that major event only has to be big to the players involved. So it has to mm-hmm. be a big major life event to the Mandalorian, to Ahsoka, to Sabine, to mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Like, uh, it does not have to be a galactic-wide thing for me to enjoy that. I think that is happening. I think Thrawn is the big player there. Uh, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, you yeah. might even say that they uh, have an opportunity to kind of bring back Thrawn uh, and his, like, kind of trilogy. Like, it'll never happen exactly, but, like, kind of how Thrawn was, like, uh, filling in that open space for a little while, maybe. He's trying to do his own thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's always possible. Um if, uh, uh, but do I think this is going to be a movie? The only way that would happen in my eyes is like if these shows led up to a movie instead of like, uh, like a theatrically released movie instead of like a Disney Plus series called like S- Star Infinity War, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like instead of the ep- six episodes culmination event, like they just did it like as a movie and it's actually in theaters. But I feel like that would, I, nobody would. It wouldn't make as much money, you know what I mean? Then it would get Mm -hmm. put as a Star Wars movie that didn't, because nobody, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a mess there. What Mm. I more or less picture is, and you'll know this if you watched our our Q and A, is if Star Wars figured out a way to post sequel trilogy, figure out that timeline where you start branching all of your cool franchises so that they all work together in the same Mm -hmm. timeline. Um, and you can have these characters over here and these characters over here and then bring those together in, in a movie and just kind of do the Marvel thing post episode 10, uh, still in the star Wars galaxy. I think that's their best, uh, thing. And if I was going to have a character be involved, obviously then 
Ray would be the main one to me. Let Daisy Ridley lead that thing and be the the Tony Stark of the Star Wars world. That that's fine with me. Um, and just uh, do that. So anyway, that was a lot uh, on my part. <laughs> Ahsoka is currently filming as we speak. And actually, we didn't talk about this, but supposedly there's a rumor that Skeleton Crew is also filming right now. So um, we are still under the assumption that Ezra is in the series, though it hasn't officially been stated. Uh, with the likelihood that he is, will we officially learn that uh, who is playing live action Ezra before the end of 2022. Lacey, I'm back at you on this one. Any chance we get it, uh, get that specific announcement before the end of this year? After Andor, did we, when does Andor end? What is the last episode date? September? Oh. No, it has to be no early November or mid-November. Yeah. I'm just curious if they're doing another Disney Plus day or they're going to do a Disney Investor Day. But regardless, I think they will announce it after Andor is done. I could see them hmm. announcing it by the end of the year. To get you excited. I, um, For the next year. Yeah, all right. Well, John, what do you think? Here's where it gets a little dicey for him because with Ahsoka filming now and we have clearly seen how accessible, for lack of a better term, those Southern California Manhattan Beach shows are to reports and that sort of thing. If a if a trade gets a hold of because the, they're filming it now, so and it, it, if they follow the same schedule as Kenobi, they're going to wrap filming around early September. So we're looking at about two more months. If a trade or something gets hold of that and they report it, it's going to force the hand of Lucasfilm to 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 try to take the thunder back and, and do it. So but I they think have kept of... secrets, though. They kept Luke Skywalker. They kept Grogu. So the question is, will they be able to keep this secret? I know. The only thing is, the, the difference there is, I don't think anyone went into Mando saying, like, we're going to get a Yoda or we're going to get right. Luke Skywalker's going to so appear. They're this, expecting this it, is, so they're expecting Everyone's like, mm. when, where is he? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you know, where's this who's playing him but so, he could only be in one scene like the last shot last moment sure. of ahsoka and so they could yeah. totally keep him under wraps for this season and we know how sometimes publicists and pr reps try to um boost agents yeah yeah so they'll they may leak like hey just so you know our guys ezra and star wars and you know, like vanity fair is like ooh, okay boom exclusive mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. Lucasfilm's like damn uh Dan Brooks read an article let's post <laughs> this so boom I, I I think by the end of the year I, I think I think uh I think we will interesting so i went into this question saying yes lacy made me think no john made me think mm. yes again but now really? i said yes I, I, how'd i make you think no no what i to, <laughs> maybe i was disagreeing with you but oh but the thing was is the things you were saying like oh you know they're when's this and when's indoor end and i was like oh mandalorian's their next project like i don't know why they would be pushing ahsoka at this time so i went yes Lacey made me think no john made me think yes again but but then by the end of it i was back at no so I, i'm gonna go no honestly i think that i think you're arguing what is john doing <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. One I can time. see his pajama One pants. One time. 
<laughs> can see his pajama pants. Yeah, John- you saw my pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> um, they buttoned. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think like the arguments on that is just like I'm now starting to think that they're they're more likely going to keep Ezra as like the golden goose or that what is it the um MacGuffin of the show. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a good potential that they will totally. And there's also the, I mean, there's rumors and stuff that he has been cast for a long time and the trade and the, the agents and everything like that. They haven't, I mean, people have said, but I don't know. I just don't think any sort of official announcement, uh, even if a trade says, this is real, this is the real person. Here's the photos. Uh, I think the question comes down to will we officially learn who is playing live action? And I th- I think that's their golden goose. That's their MacGuffin. And I think he's I think supposed to be a surprise. Point. I think you're probably right. But I'm saying an official announcement that this person's playing him, I think he's the culmination of the show. So I'm going to go with no. Uh but we have one more question, and this one is coming from one of our generals. Uh, that would be General Beard, John Reese. John hey. wanted to know, will Andor bring in Ahsoka for early rebellion help? A planning session with Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, for example. John, you get to go first on this one. We are not going to see Ahsoka Tano in Andor. Nope. Any reasons why not? Nope. I just think, again, there's been so much Ahsoka in that in this timeline. Um, I don't know that that is necessary uh, for her to be at that point of the early rebellion. Um, and I, I don't know that that would screw up anything that crosses over with Rebels, which is around the same time. And I don't know what they want to do about rosario there uh because then you're looking at you know do they have to de-age her 15 years because she's in the mando timeline Mm -hmm. uh so there's a lot that would have to go into it and i don't know that they want to have her come steal some spotlight so and i it, it just seems like it's a more human series than a uh mystical force driven series they'll watch you know like cheer it show up or something but (laughs) Um, I, I don't think we're going to see. I just have a feeling we're not going to see Ahsoka and, and Andor. That'd be too much, I think. Gotcha. Lacey, thoughts? Yeah, I think... Look, I love what they've done so far with Ahsoka, with Rosario Dawson. I think she's amazing. Um, I think Ashley did a good job when she did Ahsoka, obviously. Um, we've gotten a lot of Ahsoka, and she has a series coming out. I don't know if they're going to sprinkle her into everything, because at this point, she's in a lot of stuff. Like, weren't we talking about recently, like, what her screen time is as a character of, like, how much time? It has to be one of the highest. Right. Yeah. Um, I would think so maybe just, only, like, Anakin. Right. Possibly. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know where she would fit in in Andor, and I feel like it would just take away from the story of Andor. I think that he, it just needs to be kind of no Jedi. It's got to... because. At this point, the the rebellion's trying to figure their stuff out, you know, and I feel like it's going to have more of an impact without Jedi and out light without lightsabers, and that's coming from someone that loves lightsabers and says that's the only thing that makes Star Wars Star Wars. So, uh, but yeah, I don't think she's going to show up in Andor. Hmm. Yeah, I am in agreement with great both an- of you. Great question, John. Yeah, anyway. it is. It's a tough question because um, it makes a lot of sense. I think that the thing that will probably happen involving Ahsoka in Andor is fulcrum yeah the tag 
I don't know. They may mention her by name, but if they're going to, I agree. If they're going yeah. to bring in Fulcrum uh, because she has been that pivot point for the rebellion for a long time that she took on that name uh like one year after uh revenge of the sith and so this would be like 14 years later or something like that so at some point and or also was a fulcrum agent so i feel right. like this could be that story it could be a good way to tie in with some of that lore but i imagine if they're using code names they won't be like we want you to be fulcrum it's been used recently by this person's real name, you know, Ahsoka right. Tano. It's like they just want fans to buzz around how it's a term used and they want people who are in the know to get the reference and things. So I would imagine they'll use the term fulcrum, which is a reference to her, but but I don't think you're going to see her or any like holograms or anything of her right. for the reasons you guys and said too. It's also fit 14 I- years or so before where yeah. Rosario Dawson is right now in right. age. So right. they'd have to like de-age her to some degree, maybe. So it's tough. John, you were trying to get something No, out. I was going to say, no, I was just going to say uh, something similar to that effect about it, because I don't know where they revealed in Canon that Cassian was a recruitment agent for Fulcrum. It's in a, uh, I did see, it's in a book. That in- it's in the uh, rogue one. The prequel book. No, like the, guide oh one of the reference books the rogue one book yeah oh the ultimate guide yeah Yeah. so if if he is a recruitment agent for that then they have to show like some aspects but that doesn't mean she has to show up yeah yeah all right well that is going to be it for will the force uh but we are gonna not stop talking about andor right john as we head into our discussion Obi-Wan once thought as you do. That's right. This week's discussion is will and or change how we view Rogue One. And if so, how will it change our view of Rogue One? So prequels are popular in Star Wars from the trilogy to Solo, the Clone Wars, Rebels, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, And appropriate for this conversation, Rogue One, of course, among others. Uh, Many prequel stories have changed the way we view certain aspects of stories that come later in the timeline. So let's talk about it. Whether or not we believe Andor will change how we view Rogue One moving forward. And if so, how? Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, James, you sort of pitched this. uh, I wanted to talk about Mando stuff. And you're like, well, we got Andor coming up. Let's, Let's get into Andor. It's my time. It's my season. My time has arrived. <laughs> James came at me so hard today about this. I was like, all right. I was like, so, I don't know why you're, we're talking about a show that's like two shows away. <laughs> you know, we should be thinking about the one that's one show so, away. Right. So so here we are. Um, so I'm just going to toss it to you to start things off um, because I don't have concrete things, but I have some ideas, but I, I, I feel like this discussion may inform more specific things for me. So uh your pitch so take it away well the thing was is that originally when john sent this over he said how will andor change how we view rogue one and i thought well i think first before we even get to that discussion there is the discussion around how people are affected just in general by the content in star wars or other movies that affects 
the things they've seen before, you know, did the sequel ruin the original for me or like, Oh, Jurassic park. Now I can't watch the original without thinking about all the stupid movies that came later or whatever, you know, how does that mm-hmm. conversation really happen? Cause a lot of people do think of star Wars, like no content that star Wars or Lucasfilm creates today will ever change how I feel about a new hope, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, how is that possible? You know, like, I feel like everything that comes out, I always rewatch it now a little bit differently uh, because that content exists. So part of my pitch for this was like how we feel about how we enjoy this movie as it sits right now as a two hour piece of Star Wars content that in a lot of ways kind of stands on its own. Obviously it's connected, but I'm saying it stands on its own because there's only one thing with Jin. There's only one thing with Cassian. There's only one thing with the guardians of the wills and stuff. So it's like now we're getting ready to head into 24, you know, 12, but 24 total pieces of live action content around this character is that going to affect our feelings on Rogue One? And I think it has to. But my personal opinion on it is that it's it has to elevate it. It's it, I can't possibly imagine that the show is going to be like, now that I know all that stuff about Cassian, I, it ruins Rogue One for me. Can I just jump in really quick, James? Yeah. What you're saying right now is what John was saying about Obi-Wan Kenobi and A New Hope. That you were like, it's just funny because it's like you're making the same argument about the the next show. Am I? Yeah, you're like really excited about it. And you're saying they have to make it elevated. It has to be really good. It has to. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying they have to do that. I'm saying I think that is surely what will happen mm-hmm. um, to. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> this, this in a way kind of comes back to that like. Um, discussion that we've recently been having about um, is something a necessary watch or something. It's like when you know all the content, when you've watched all of the Marvel content, I feel like you can, you can watch these standalone movies and you're fine. They're totally, they're good movies on their own. But I feel like when you understand and when you know the references, like, Oh, that's a Hawkeye reference from the TV show or that character shows up here. It, Mm-hmm. only elevates it uh very rarely do i feel like i actively feel like because this other thing exists it's now lowered my view on the other project or the previous projects do you do you do you think that that's possible with andor do you think that andor could quote unquote ruin it that's not what i'm saying I, no, no one's gonna think it's ruined but it could degrade it what do you think john well the first the first thing i think it will um make less jarring is maybe give us a better understanding as to why cassian shoots a fellow yeah why he was so quick to murder someone absolutely so so that that will will definitely be one of those things that once the show's done people are going to be on twitter like this scene now all you know that's gonna be a big thing on twitter in two years and he was so Um, quick to kill galen urso too or like attempt to like he had no there was no second guessing when being told to do things yes right and the other thing which is tricky here is we you know we're gonna have 
man, they're really going to be able to stretch out that first year in the first season, whereas season two is going to take place over four years. So that's going to be more compact storytelling. I think the things for me that are going to register different are things that are going to help me with Rogue One because I didn't feel the way I probably should have felt when like K2 died. But getting more of him and Cassian, just them, in season two and having more moments together like Han and Chewie, like just getting out of something or having each other's back or something, it's going to add my attachment to that droid. And it's going to make Rogue One hit harder when he meets his demise in his sort of sacrifice as he slams down on the machine and says goodbye. That's so interesting. Um, I cried in the movie theater when K2 died. I don't know why. Like, I really liked K2, but I wasn't... Like, when he died, it wasn't like a... If Chewie died or if, you know... Or someone... someone else, Another big character I liked died. Um, it was like L3 for me. Like, she was fine. I liked her. But I was like, all right, you know. Um, but another droid, like... If BB-8 died, I'd be like, oh... Man, yeah, I was gonna brutal, say like you know? if they had like an R two D, yeah, like he got yeah. he finally got turned off and he boo, like his light know. goes I mean, out I or something. Had such an impact with K two, I just I remember crying in the theater, like getting really upset about it. Hmm. Yeah, it, and uh, most people did. I'm the minority there in that situation. But and then the other thing I'm I'm thinking of is because he was so involved with Rogue One. Tony Gilroy, and he's writing the beginning and the end of this season. Specifically, I'm focusing on the beginning here. I think he is going to pull from things that Cassian referenced. So that whole since I was six years old thing, I really do think this this show is going to start with him as a child, and they're going to give us a a, a, a real prologue, and then it's going to jump ahead to him as an adult. They like doing um, that, the child thing. Because if you know, like in Rogue One, he, for the most part, is pretty even-tempered. But then he gets to that point where he's getting challenged and pushed and pushed. And he has true, uh, like, when you're so bottled up and you don't know what to do, like, anger and, 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 and pain on his face when he says he's been in this fight since I was six years old. It was his most intense moment in the entire movie. And he's talking to someone he likes. And he still gets to that point. Um, like the three of us do with each other sometimes. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I think th that is already a powerful scene. We're going to understand why it's so uh, emotional for him. And it's going to make that scene even hit harder when we watch Rogue One at that point. Because that's one of the bigger, more powerful moments in the movie for me. Um, so seeing... And anytime you see a kid going through something they shouldn't have to go through, uh, especially, you know, the world we live in today, it, it hits harder. You know, so and as a parent too, like more so than it did before I was a parent, as the three of us all are. So th like those types of things, I think Gilroy is going to like, like delicately lift and not do full wink wink because he's a, you know, he's more of a smart filmmaker. Um, but the fact that he's bookending season one, first three, last two, I think we're going to get some sort of connectivity and stuff like that. And I think there's a reason why they're taking the first year and making that a full season because they really want to sell us on who Cassian Andor is as a person. Hence why they punted K2 to season two so that we don't get the buddy cop thing now. We get just Cassian and whatever else is around him. They do a sole focus on him, almost like a 
biopic so that once we get to season two, then we are fully in love with this character and, and, and immersed in what his, his journey is, which will in turn vault Rogue One in general. And you know we're going to get the I don't need a droid, I don't need a partner thing. Yeah. In oh, yeah. Two. That's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with all that. I think outside of just Cassian 2, they're definitely leading into the whole rebellion piece with Mon Mothma and everything. And I think this series is going to be tough to watch because the good guys are just going to keep losing. Because you have to have them keep losing. True. So that Rogue One is a big win for them. And you have to have them lose because there's that big scene where they talk about, like, what choice do we have? We have to do this with Jyn Erso. And everybody else said no. So they had to fail a bunch of times to get to the point that everybody in the room is telling her no. That no, there's no way we're going to do this. We're, mm-hmm. we're yeah, outnumbered. Yeah. We're, right. There's no way. Um, and I think that... Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to watch because it's definitely not going to be a happy ending, a happy, cheery show. Yeah. And of course, it's going to have its comedic moments and it's going to definitely season two with K2SO. It's going to probably be really good um, with those like kind of buddy moments. But there is going to be a, this is going to be a, definitely a dramatic, dark show because to get to Rogue One to what they go through and that movie is dark i would say because everybody dies and like you know at the end it's like yeah there's this glimmer of hope of what's to come after that but everybody you just spent time with is now gone (laughs) so to get to that point where you know what's at stake and you know that they have to the risk that's taken in rogue one to get those plans to have that success which nobody thought was going to happen they have to fail to get to that point and not just fail once, but like continually fail and continually lose people uh, so that they feel kind of at their their end where they're like, where do we go from here? We have to take risks. And that's why I could see it going into something like John was saying, where Cassian is saying yes to anything that's being told of him because he has to make mistakes along the way right. so that when he goes against orders, he makes a mistake and something bad happens and there's consequences so that he is not willing to go against orders again. Mm, yeah. It's interesting. I, I don't, I absolutely do not disagree that there's going to be a lot of failure in the show. But one thing that I will say in my understanding of Rogue One was that what everybody was scared of is making a big move because the way the, the way the Reb, has been working for a very long time is a lot of small victories sure, sure. so it had like i'm watching rebels and i'm thinking you know these characters are successfully you know th- they have losses along the way but like they are successfully doing this one thing and this one thing and like this one thing. getting coaxium yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, there are things that are happening and there is successes happening so i could see there being episodes where cassian like succeeds on the mission and they do something you know that that makes a difference for these people and for the this tiny sub subject of of the galaxy um, I think the bigger thing here with Rogue One is when the Empire gets a weapon that just says, we're freaking ending it all. Like, yeah. all of this. You, you, these little small little victories, it's done. And you, and they go, we don't have the ability to, like, get together and fly in. You know, but, but they do. So I think that's going to make Rogue One really special. And I think, like, 
I think we watch Rogue One and we kind of assume that we understand the rebellion um, because of Rebels or a book or something or what we've kind of pictured in our head for years. Uh, But I think that seeing Cassian fight the fight and the people that are going through the problems and all these little victories that they have, um, as well as the failures, I think that's going to get us to the point where when we see Rogue One, we'll be more affected by the empire stepping in with the death star and saying like this thing exists to shut down everything you've been watching in andor that stuff the empire hates it all of it get rid of it it's done we're creating this weapon to kill him and everybody like him uh to end that so that victory will be even sweeter um and uh I don't know. I have one. I have one other thing, but maybe I'll toss to you guys your thoughts on this. But like, there's one other aspect of the topic being here. Like, how will we change Rogue or how will we or how our views will change of Rogue One? But I also think that Andor will very strongly change Return of the Jedi for a lot of people because this will be the first time that we see the fight that Mon Mothma has been uh parading for so long we will see 24 episodes of her um saying this is what we're doing this is the way we're moving forward and i know that people will we see bonth bothans <laughs> bothans yeah but potentially yeah um but i think it uh, that's true like she could have a good relationship with the bothan people that later pays off that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's good i like that um, but my thought is that like when people saw Rogue One, they're like, oh, I think that's that lady from Return of the Jedi. That's interesting. And it really didn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of gravity. It seemed like she was more of a reference or a cameo. Um, but mm-hmm. I think after watching this show, I think people are going to go back and rewatch Return of the Jedi and say, oh, my God, that's Mon Mothma. Like, mm-hmm. I just, in my head, growing up for years, that was just a random lady in a white dress, and I never really put the two together. But now that I just watched Andor, and I see it now, 24 episodes of that show is going to make me, re- like, listen to her speech and be like, oh my god, she's still fighting. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if... Because now you have me thinking about Return of the Jedi, like... Like we could definitely see, like Crix Maydeen in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that beard, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> With the Velcro beard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, th- I mean, dude, don't because he defected Admiral too. Akbar. Like, yeah. it's all possible. Right. right, but Crix Maydeen, like he's like a he's like a punchline in Return of the Jedi. For sure. And you know what? Honestly, I hate I hate <laughs> to say it. So's Admiral Akbar. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> calamari man okay that's what his name was um but and i i still love him he's great yeah <laughs> right. he's my face but Maydeen, same thing people are like oh the guy with the, the felt beard yeah um which it was a fake beard but i you know his story can definitely be fleshed out more where you know he, he is someone who defected from the empire and you know it's very like Bodie rook and and galen urso and that's another guy you know there's a chance we could see mads mickelson pop up in here um you know with the death star operations or what have you like we're not i'm not exactly sure when he left and um you know went with his family but we saw flashbacks of young Jin. he was still very much involved on coruscant sort of partying with krennic and 
and the the high society imperials and that sort of thing so that there it's like so funny how this series really could be the one where it's like cameo bingo and we're not we're not sure who's going to pop mm. up in this but with each <clears throat> of those because of involvement in rogue one uh specifically because you know we are focusing on that for this particular conversation uh it could change our, our views on a lot of things because i i felt the the loss of you know galen urso as uh Jin is like holding him and that sort of thing and 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 his speech to her and she's crying and you know you feel that anytime there's a familial you know estrangement and a reconnect in star wars it always hits me um so if they do anything more with galen even if it's something where he talks about his daughter and we don't see Jin or anything like that but he refers to her and he's like you know i gotta get back to my daughter i haven't seen her in two years or something like that'll change how I I see them in Rogue One because then you remember you know how apart they were for such a long period of time you know so that that that's a it could be a subtle thing but it's still like is it that reminder like wow that you know I'm seeing that pain in this guy's eyes I'm seeing the conflict in him you know so uh, that could be interesting now whether or not we see him or not I'm not sure but because this show is going to be spanning five years there really is a wealth of opportunity for us to get um, a lot of things from Rogue One boosted up, including uh, Galen or so. Yeah, I think that there's definitely... It seems like in in these uh, newer series that are coming out, that especially like Obi-Wan Kenobi that we just watched, they're definitely taking more time to show you how bad the Empire is. How bad they are that Galen ran to this random planet and is terrified and has a whole plan to get his family away. Like, they're showing you how they came to be to, to be in power and stay in power and how yeah. people didn't come up and rise again. Because in the original trilogy, you see this whole group of people that are up against the, you know, Empire and you have people that hate on the Empire and all this stuff. But as we're getting these shows, like characters like Tala are coming out and um mayfeld's coming out where you had people that were a part of the empire that's giving it a different kind of side of people went along with it thinking it was one thing and no it is actually a very very bad Han, too yeah a bad place and they're gonna keep showing you that and i think they're just showing kind of how the what the rebels are up against completely and not just like a big death star i think they're trying to show you like they have control everywhere and this is why the people are joining them this is why people are afraid of them this is what's at stake when we don't stand up to stuff like this um and that's, that's what like, i think is yeah. going to stand up that's going to come to fruition in rogue one is like you see all the even like the the purge troopers or not purge troopers death troopers and stuff yep that show up that you first see them and you're like, okay, he has stormtroopers, who cares? Why are they so scared that they ran that far away? Mm -hmm. Like, why and are you so terrified of these people? They have to be right. doing terrible things. And they, in Solo, you know, we when we talked to John Powell about this, how he did the sort of um, more up-tempo, positive version of the Imperial March right. as the recruitment for right. the Empire. And this, you know, I, I took a uh, a war, I think it was a war film history class in college 
that I actually paid attention to. And <laughs> they did a lot of propaganda films. They showed us pro-Nazi propaganda movies. And if you watch those movies and try to like pretend you don't know mm -hmm. what that guy's all about, you'd be like, this guy is like Frank Sinatra. They have him parading down, waving to people, kissing babies. He's like this really friendly, nice guy, Adolf Hitler and stuff. Like that's what the emp that's what they're they're trying to show us in Star Wars with Solo. Like join the Empire, uh, spread peace and unity throughout the galaxy. Learn new worlds, explore you know, learn new skills, explore new places. And it's like not everyone realizes the Empire is bad. Yeah, you know, I when mean, the when when the Emperor created it, he was destroying the bad you know. Uh, you right. know separatists and yeah. you know everything that was going on there thunderous so applause it, yeah it, it takes a long time for people to realize that it's bad so that's like um, to, to your point Lacey mm -hmm. that's seeped into the political aspect of this thing I know people are like I hate when Star Wars uh, you know the, the the politics and the prequels was boring and stuff but it's like you need that in there in order to sell the, the this the gigantic of the organization right. that has taken over right. everything and is ruling everything right. how did it right. get to this point well right like james was saying earlier with the rebellion little things here and there this is basically what they're like they did that but then they spread quickly yeah i think you're i think you're dead on you said something lacy that you think this show is going to emphasize how bad the empire is and i think the trailer is straight up telling you that with with cassian's um uh dialogue you know he says it at one point uh if i'm not mistaken uh look at them they're so proud of themselves so fat and satisfied like there's this sense of like we're down here and they are up there and they are just pushing down on us pushing down on us and i'm sure there's real world uh things there too with like third world countries and how they see the united states and other aspects like that uh, you know so so many real world things there but like the end of that show or end of the trailer with that character saying, do you hear that? That's the sound of a reckoning. Like it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's coming. The, the little people will fight back. Uh, yeah. Which again goes into rogue one is going to be even that much more of a well done team. Like hooray, mm -hmm. because they did what everything was stacked against them. And they were at such a low point, which this show is going to get them to that low point. They had to make a risky move to succeed, and they did, and that's why it just means that much more, even on top of how we already feel about those characters, that they were able to succeed and get those plans out. Yeah, it, don't, don't forget we've seen it, so you know maybe you're not sitting on the edge of your seat, but the Rogue One is the culmination event for Andor. You will mm -hmm. see everything leading up to it, and even though you've already seen it, I think it's going to be impossible to not walk out, you know, walk out of, you know, mm -hmm. and or uh, when it finally wraps up and we get that season two finale, series finale or whatever, and we watch them land on the Ring of Graphene and we just immediately go over to Disney Plus. <laughs> Now that you've finished Andor, we recommend Rogue One, you know, yeah. and you push it right. yeah. and you're just like, dude, like we got this five years ago and it's it now all of a sudden feels like the the beginning of season three or something. You know what I mean? It just feels like mm -hmm. it's it's the next step. And I feel like it will totally refresh that movie because you will feel like now you you're you're starting 
the next step in Andor's series, season three, and how that movie goes is just like crazy. You know, you're like, man, I can't believe that it all went this way. He, he gets the plans. He meets this girl. They bring on the rebellion. They start everything. Yes, he dies, but it's like, it's, it's big. So I feel like people are going to look at Rogue One as like the season three movie event or something. I mean, yeah. Th- In a way. That's definitely. That's it, for marathon's sake. And when you really think about it, Rogue One could be the middle chapter in A New Hope's the third one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because really, now we're looking at a situation because they're going like Rogue One has zero breathing room. You're going right up to Rogue One and from Rogue One right into A New Hope. They're so making it so you, you can never stop watching movies. You're just going to keep watching. Like watching. And then when you Star get to Wars the end, forever. you're going to start it back over again. <laughs> We're excited time. to yeah, tell so... that story between BBY 16 and BBY 17. <laughs> I mean, if you look at, yeah. So the beginning of Andor all the way through the end of A New Hope, we're seeing the whole thing. That's crazy. But here's one thing that I wonder that they'll do if they want to get cute which I don't know if they will at the end of like at the end of Andor. I wonder if they'll show like the arrest of Jyn Erso and we get a cameo from Felicity Jones. Because we start with her in a hauler in prison and they go over her charges, like five different charges, they have legal her. documents, you know, all this stuff. They have her on it's... contract, don't they? They do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be pretty cool. And I know, you know, she's, you know, pushing 40, I think, but clearly, if you look at Hayden Christensen and Obi Wan Kenobi, they didn't care about as much about the age aspect. Same with uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Liam Neeson; they didn't really de-age him that much. She um, looks great. She could do it. Oh no, no, yeah. yeah, it's only and a it would few be, years. It'd be, it would, I think it would be really not a big deal. I'm just saying, like, if mm-hmm. for anyone saying, like, well, she's 40, doesn't matter. They're doing mm-hmm. worse with matter. Cassian because they're going yes. back five years yeah. and five right. years. In the story, well, that line. guy has. I don't think he's aged a day. That guy, but, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that would be interesting. It could be because cool. he's been licking um, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Just let him touch Jabba. Yeah. Come on, Lucasfilm. Yeah, right, I bet you. Right. I bet you they let him at some point. Like in oh the gallery gosh. series, it's going to be like the day has come. Like that's going to be the title is like the day, and it's like, hey guys, here I am at Lucasfilm. I'm in the archives. I'm about to touch Jabba. So, or I'm on I'm on the set of Solo, and they let me come over and touch uh, Solo Two. That's the way they that. announce it. They don't even put an announcement out; it's just like casually oh, dropped God, in please. galleries. Just give me, just give me something. So, other, <laughs> other, other little references. Do you think that you know maybe could potentially change how we view it? Like, is there any chance that we see? Probably not cheer it based specifically but his understanding of the guardians of the will seems like he had kind of run into them pods before and like is there any chance that we see like a run-in with a couple of bad guardians that like kind of gave him problems and issues and he's like oh you're so religious and i hate it and get out of here and then like when we rewatch rogue one he's like they're up to no good leave him alone don't talk to him and it's like, oh man, I I kind of get where he's coming from now. Whereas in Rogue One, when we watched it originally, we're like, I think those are going to be good guys, you know? Yeah, that, and they I'd have to make to some reference there. to Jedi at some point because they always do. Like they have to be like, hey, the Jedi failed us or something like that. Like we're on our own. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see those guys back. 
Sheridan um, Bay specifically? It, yeah, oh, I think that'd be good. awesome. Um, but then we may be pushing it. So maybe other uh, protectors of the wills or whatever could mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, like my last, I know we're coming up on time, but my last one, which could be interesting if he's in it, we don't know if he is, is uh, Krennic. Um, because we see how much he is driven in terms of you know making sure he impresses the emperor and and that the death star is his project and stuff like that if we even get just a little bit more of him um that will i think the biggest elevation will be the him and tarkin stuff in rogue one because if we see him working even harder or goes through a really difficult situation or even if say he has a scene with the emperor or or something where it's him trying to sell the the idea of the Death Star, or him and Galen, who knows? That that, that could be really cool, actually, because uh, the the first thing we see in Rogue One is uh, them on Lamu. But anything with Krennic, I think, could be elevated um, based on which way they approach it. So whether it's like Death Star stuff, or his relationship with Galen Erso, um, or or you know him and the Emperor just trying to see anything of him. With his aspirations, a Krennic um, Mon Mothma before scene. choking on them. Yeah, a, a Krennic Mon Mothma scene could make sense. Mm-hmm. It's how she yeah. kind of has an understanding of him. Maybe she's politely talked to him in public, and he's like maybe even trying to convince her, like I'm I'm working on a project that could be really yeah. cool. And just um, getting Ben you know, Mendelsohn kind of so stuff. damn good. Yeah. Oh, let him put the cape back on. Oh man, I, I could yeah. see him not being a director at the point, but being like, uh, you know. A manager, Sta- state governor, or, oh, you manager. Know, or yeah, whatever it is, yeah. Um, but no, he just has that title, and he's there, and he's involved, and maybe he's making like a manager political credit. move or something for something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, to to circle back around on like the the title of this episode, like the discussion of will and or change how we view Rogue One. I think the answer for us as Star Wars fans and, and listeners of this podcast, like. I think yes, it has to. Like it, it it's, yeah. is going to change how we view Rogue One, but I think it's going to be for the positive because, as Lacey mentioned earlier, like what they like to do more recently is flesh out all of those little elements. These shows help to flesh out um, the 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 details that maybe you only got a little bit of. Uh, obviously the prequels and clone wars is a good example of that of like we're going to do a lot of this uh more storytelling in between which is going to when you rewatch revenge of the sith you're going to be like oh my god that's a very different anakin than i watched back in 2005 uh because mm-hmm. now i've seen the this show and the the way the character has been played out there just kind of ultimately gives a bigger picture of the entire franchise um but specifically the movies that they're kind of directly tying in i think rogue one is the revenge of the sith here um it it was well received but two seasons of 24 episodes each is definitely going to change it i think for the positive in a better way Mm -hmm. and uh well lacy final thoughts um I mean, I don't have any like big life-changing thoughts. It's mostly that one, I'm super excited about this show, and two, I think I'm excited slash dreading it because I know we're gonna see some terrible things the Empire has done. 
Yeah. Like really, really brutal, terrible things <laughs> that just like really depress me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, I'm also a little depressed. Well, not a little. A good amount of depressed that K2 is not in this season because he's my favorite character from Rogue One. Mm. So I'm just like looking forward to seeing him in season two. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I think this was a really good discussion. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, we knew that the answer to the title of the episode was going to be yes. Um, but I don't, I mean, at least me anyway, coming into this, I didn't really know in what way. Mm-hmm. And I think this conversation helped me find things on my own, but also hearing your guys, bring, you guys bringing up things, maybe think of, oh, then there's that, and then there's that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll probably be able to explore this further uh after or well during uh our our trb live stuff with uh andor but also after season one looking ahead to season two which is going to be you know 80 percent of the timeline so that's going to be the wild stuff once this season ends the speculation for season two is going to be rampant so we're going to certainly revisit it um once we get uh digest season one but hopefully everyone enjoyed this discussion um, if you had been thinking about this already, hopefully maybe you found something new from our perspective, but let us know in the comments and or Twitter or email or for your patron in the chats, um, what your thoughts are uh, from what we had to say and also some ideas maybe we didn't get to that you had on your mind. And let's keep that going because uh, anything that enriches the stuff we already love is always a good thing. So um, we are all set with the discussion. Not done yet. We have one more thing to do before we hop on out of here. Uh, so Lacey, take it away. All right, guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So this is the part of the show where John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter, and you guys give your answers. So this past week, John said, quote, not as wacky or crazy this week, (laughs) but still fun. So that's good. Uh, Stranger Things is the only series bigger than Obi-Wan Kenobi right now, so we wanted to ask you what Star Wars track would you listen to on headphones to keep the evil Vecna from killing you? This is a good question. By the way... I don't understand the question. So there's an evil monster, James, and when you're in the Upside Down, the way you can get out of it... Are you spoiling Stranger Things right now for me? Not really. It's kind of more of a reference. (laughs) Lacey. It's not spoiling. No one dies. I'm not really... I'm not... I'm not John. Yeah, I'm um, going to watch Stranger Things probably. I so basically, it's like for it's like you're in like a another dimension, and the only way to get out is through playing music. It's kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street, where they're like, "Don't fall asleep, like mm-hmm. wake up" right. type thing. Um, this is music. <laughs> um, but I have to applaud them because they really jumped on this and became it became like a meme on its on its own, and they've just totally run with it in the best way and i think it's a really good example of marketing side note my uh, spotify does upside down playlists so if you search oh. upside down playlist it gives you your personal vecna oh, really? playlist yep if you google or not google if you search in stranger not oh god spotify put upside down playlist it will pick your specific personal songs that would get you away from Vecna. So, you know, can the can the team who marketed Stranger Things go back to 2018 and market solo a Star Wars story for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, Did yours come up, John? It should uh, pop up with a picture of yes. Max. Yeah, and then uh, look the at the fir- song. Guess what the first song is? <laughs> Danger Zone. <laughs> <With the, Sound. laughs> 
The Top Gun anthem. <laughs> John, that is your Vecna song. Oh, that's the one? That's the song that, so the whole list is songs, but that top one is the one that would get you out. Trivium. So Lady it's the Gaga, one that's... Dun, 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 dun. Yep. <laughs> of course, that's your song. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I was going to say, too, uh, that my friend's band... I'm going to shout them out a little bit here. Uh, they were in a band called Affiance. They broke up for a number of years. They decided to get back together. And as they're writing new stuff, they switched kind of styles, and they've changed their name to Knight Rider. But that being said, he sent me a track, and he's like, we're announcing the Knight Rider stuff and our new sound and everything on July 1st. And he sends me the track, and I hear it. I listen to it, and I'm like... This is a pretty good song. Did not realize that it was a cover of the Stranger Things Running, Running Up a Hill. hill. I'd never heard the song Running Up a Hill before and Kate I'm listening Bush. to this. Yeah. And I'm like I'm like, Yeah, song's great, man. Sounds it sounds awesome. And did not even put together like it was like weeks later when I was like flipping through Instagram or something and I heard the song and I was like, How is how is this what is this? <laughs> it's a really weird thing, but Mine yeah, was but Fast go listen to it. It's, the... it's on Spotify now. Night Rider. Nice. Mine was Fastlane by the Eagles and then Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is totally 100%. Can I do it 100%. if I don't have Spotify? My song. Yeah. Well, it's not going to pull your personal stuff. That's the thing. Oh, that's good. Oh, and re- real, real, real quick, yeah. just a uh, recommendation for people. If you like the Running Up That Hill, but you're like sick of the Kate Bush version, I, oh, I never knew that she was the original. I used to love the 2003 version by Placebo. It is really good. Look it up on Spotify. Highly recommend. So two covers to check out. There's so <laughs> many covers of that song now, though. Like everybody put one out. But that was 20 years old. It's like no. One I'm that just saying now yeah. everyone's put one out. Oh yeah. I'm um, cover it all right. Tomorrow. So ours was Star. The situational is Star Wars tracks. So first is Mike Ramori at Drum Jedi. Hello, Mike. He said Ray's theme. That would be mine. By the way, let's answer the question quickly. Mine's Ray's theme, obviously. What would you guys pick as your songs? Apparently, it's Do What You Gotta Do from Descendants 3 for me. (laughs) I think it's like, I don't know, he played a Disney song once. (laughs) All right. I'm going with um, the throne room uh, into the uh, finale in A New Hope. Solid. Uh, Oh, is this like our Upside Down song or whatever? Yeah. What would you pick? I don't know. Right off the top of my head, I'm going to go Linkin Park's Heavy. Uh, cause it's my Star Wars, it, James. Oh, Star it has Wars, to be Star James. Wars. Oh, <laughs> James is so busy loading Spotify into his phone. Yeah. He didn't listen to the resistance. Transition. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I'll come back to you, James. Okay. Yeah, Next know. up is Trevor at spin up the FTL. What up Trevor? Who said the hologram binary sunset and the asteroid field. Ooh, good choices. Nice. I'll say Next. hope from rogue one. Nice. Next is Matthew Planaka at maddie planaka what up matt uh he said lando's palace by john williams i think it's palanka what did i say palaka planaka like the the security <laughs> yeah. guard in the phantom Menace. yeah i was like this name sounds familiar you're welcome matt <laughs> matthew is a breath spray next is grogu voodoo <laughs> at grogu voodoo Grogu, what are you reading, woman? Gro- <laughs> lady, my lady. It's Guru Voodoo. Guru Voodoo. That's hard to say. Guru. 
Uh, he says, Vauks Dauks. <laughs> How now, brown cow? I was watching Ron Burgundy the other night. It's still so good. Uh, the City in the Clouds from the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack. Great Very answer. good. <laughs> Next is Joey Pittman at JPity23. Hey, man. What up, Joey? He said, Asteroid Field or March of the Resistance? Oh, Two yeah, good there picks. you go. Uh, next is Brian Pothier. What up, Brian at B Pothier? Where you been? He wrote Jedi Rocks, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's like... All right, next is Kendalorian at Galactic Curator. What up, Kendall? Hey, Kendall. <laughs> I just love it, James. Like secondary voice there. Background the singer. Singers. All right, he said, "Duel of the Fates." If that comes on in the cans, Vecna best be running. Well, you run, Kendall. <laughs> Vecna doesn't. I, I run. love. For some reason, I love. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to uh, like hear that in kendall's voice saying vecna best be running because he's such a nice person (laughs) he's a very pleasant soft-spoken man so that'd be like (laughs) i want to see i want to see kendall mad at vecna that's what i want to see can you guys do jedi rocks one more time All right, guys. Thank you so much. If you want to be on the show, follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N and look out for the Resistance Transmission. Back Mm -hmm. to you, John. All right. That takes us towards the end of the show here. So first off, thank you to everybody for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Uh, Make sure you follow or subscribe on your preferred audio podcast platform. Rate us five stars, wherever that may be. Spread the word of the podcast. And of course, YouTube.com slash Star Wars News Net Videos. Thanks to everybody for helping us get over 8,000 subscribers. So we're getting closer to that million mark. Almost there. Thank you to everybody as we are on our journey. Coming for um, you, Marquez Brownlee. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you want to, $2 a month will get you access to the full page. Uh, if you want to start participating and get a, appearing on the show, as James said at the top, $5 and up is tier two. And we have, as you go up the ranks, a lot of cool stuff. But just joining alone, you get access to a lot of awesome bonus content. If you like what we do here, that's definitely a good way to support us and get some cool stuff. Um, but a special shout out to our generals and spice runners. First, the uh, generals, Carmelo, our longest running patron in general, uh, is a general. And we love him and miss him. <laughs> Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson. Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, and Val Trichkoff. <laughs> Spice Runners, David Provis, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Warnack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, next up in our Spice Run, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you all for all of your support and all of our patrons. It means a great deal. Um, Thank you. Uh, make sure you're going to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And uh, a couple of days ago, we put out 
uh, our episode on Just Like the Movies about The Fugitive. So I'm going to point at you angrily and say, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <clears throat> I know. What a what a jerk, that Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Did you ever end up doing anything? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Lacey, what's up? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. James. Me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And I have a question for Lacey really quick. Since you're always mm-hmm. talking about Coco Melon, I looked up the biggest YouTube subscribers. They're number two. How many subscribers do you think they have? Guess. John um, two. Um... 67 million. No. 450 million. Not that high. Yeah. 133 million. And the number one, which I do not know, is T Series. I assume it's a foreign uh, one, but they have 213 million. Hey, people, uh, we only have 8,000, yeah. so subscribe to our channel. We need Where to catch is up the with first little PewDiePie duck. and quack, Mr. Quack. Beast. Where is the first <laughs> yeah. little duck? I I have to listen to that stuff every day, and I I want it gets it gets Um, better. Shoes, shoes. You want to put on shoes? Uh, Yes. Have a great weekend, everybody. We hope you are doing well, and we'll see you Monday morning with another episode right here on T R B. See you around, kids. (laughs) 